Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Three step drop, throws on the end zone. Caught ball, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. It's first and goal. That's picked off. That's picked off. And who else? Rondé Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. We don't even keep score. We just run that up and leave. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Throws up with a head. Derek Brooks, 30. Up to the 29. He's Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. This is Mike Allstock, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. And there are the cannons, cannons. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast live on YouTube today. I am your host, as always, Rep Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. First and foremost, happy birthday to Mike Evans, but secondly, Evan, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Um, I will say, I know I started off the show with like, oh, happy football's back and everything the past few shows, but... But you will say, say you're happy football's back? Oh, at this point, I'm so happy football's back. But at this point, just start the regular season. Yeah. Like, you know, I've seen enough preseason for like I don't need another week of this. Um, at this point, I'm ready for like for football that actually matters. You know, like I think tonight, like they're doing the Monday Night Football thing. It's preseason. It's Ravens Commanders. I'm like, I'll watch like five minutes of it. And I'll be sick of it. Like, yeah. just start the regular season, please. So, I mean, this may this may affect my integrity as a, uh, what do we even call ourselves, fringe media podcast host. I mean, fan media, fringe media, whatever the phrase for that is now. Uh, this may affect my integrity, but can I admit here in a safe space that I did not watch the entire uh, Bucks-Jets game? No, I mean, I, 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 I was on vacation, so I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to watch all of it either. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a preseason game, you know, it's. It's one thing if it's regular season, but like with social media nowadays and everything, you can get the gist by not watching the game. You can get the gist, and I mean, you can get the highlights as soon as the game is over. There's a YouTube video. I think for the second week in a row, it is every single snap that Kyle Trask took in the Bucks preseason. There is a YouTube channel that is a big Kyle Trask fan, and they put together those compilations week after week. So even if you didn't watch the game, 30 seconds after the game is over, you could go watch every single pass that you may have cared about. So with that being said, let's get into the quarterback conversation because we are a few days removed from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 13 to six preseason win over the New York Jets on the road. And uh, it was all Kyle Trask. This is what a lot of people have been waiting for. It was the Kyle Trask show so much so that Baker Mayfield did not even play. Which leads us to where we are today. Uh, the million-dollar question, nothing has officially been announced yet. Todd Bowles has not officially announced a starter for the Bucks, but his actions may have done everything they needed to. Uh, is Baker Mayfield not playing at all in the game against the Jets enough reason to believe that he has already won that QB1 job? There are some people that say it's a foregone conclusion, Pewter Report, Scott Reynolds already put an article saying that it will happen. It most likely will. 
and uh you know seems like the most likely course of action is to see baker as the starter week one so uh, after this game against the Jets, we saw what Kyle Trask can bring to the table, and he did have a bad night. That's the thing, too, is that as a starter, playing the whole game, essentially, with John Walford going down, too, uh, 20 for 28, 218 yards, and a touchdown for the former Florida Gator. But what do you think? Is this uh, is this Baker's job? Yes. Um, I, I think it's, it's very, very clearly uh, Baker Mayfield's job. Todd Bowles, I don't know. I don't really understand why he just wouldn't come out. I understand maybe right after the game, but I don't understand why not Monday morning or Sunday morning, sorry, come out and say, like, he's our starter. Uh, because to me, the the explanation he gives doesn't make any sense. He talks about, well, we were going to put him in, and then I wanted to see Trask in the two-minute, and then I knew that John Walford was going to be playing the second half, and once Walford went down, Trask was already warmed up, so we just put him in. Come on, man. You you had no intention of that's, playing Baker Mayfield. I, that's coach speak 101. I mean, when they talk about coach talk in press conferences, how you can say a whole lot by saying a little, or say a little by saying a lot, rather. Yeah, so uh, to me, just you could have came up with a little bit of a better explanation than that, I think. But I do expect, yeah, Baker Mayfield to be this team's starter. Now, one thing I will say, like, I think both things can be true. Kyle Trask improved like, over the, you know, the past year or so. He has improved. However, I still think that Baker Mayfield right now probably gives this team the best chance to win. Um, I do think we'll see both guys against Baltimore. And I do think that. They probably have to look to add some type of quarterback. I don't know. Maybe they give a call to Ryan Griffin or or something or somebody who knows a system can come in quick because you don't want to play both guys the entire game uh, for the third preseason game. God forbid one of them goes down, then you're really in in trouble. So only have a one quarterback on the roster then. So I would imagine they add a quarterback here at some point this week. Uh, but to, to me, it's pretty clear that Baker Mayfield is going to be their starter. If it was a, still a competition, you would have gotten a look at Mayfield. W- what did he throw? Eight passes or nine passes against Pittsburgh? Yeah, that's If it's really a competition, you're going to want to see more from the other guy as well. So to me, yeah, just like you said, Todd Bowles said a lot by saying little, and his actions definitely spoke louder than words. And I have a feeling, one, that that's not going to be the last time we see Todd Bowles do something like that this season. He just strikes me as one of those coaches. Um, But also, you know, kind of like what you said, I want to take a minute and talk about where Kyle Trask has improved because we can't come away from this and just completely ignore what he was able to put on the field. Again, 20 for 28, 200-something yards, and a touchdown. Touchdown to Trey Palmer for the second week in a row or uh, he was on the receiving end for the second week in a row. Trask did not have two touchdowns two weeks in a row, but you know what I mean. Um, He has improved. He looked good. He looked poised. I mean, he even threw a pass on Saturday night that Aaron Rodgers had to stop what he was doing on the sideline and and take a second admire. So based off of what we saw from this this preseason compared to others, clear improvement is one. And that's something else that we had harped on as far as what you want to see coming into this year for Kyle Trask. You know, coming into his third preseason, 
you're going to want to see some substantial improvement, especially with the added pressure of a QB one job on the line. Um, so aside from the improvements, aside from maybe some more patience in the pocket, uh, what else did you see from Kyle Trask, if anything, that you know made you believe he could eventually compete? Or, God forbid, injury or Baker playing his way out of a job. You know, Does Kyle Trask bring some stuff to the table that a starting quarterback in the NFL needs? Yeah, I think you've seen some of them. Um, the, I've, I've mentioned it before. The velocity on his throws have been much better. It seems like his arm strength is a lot better. Uh, there's less lollipops, you know, over the middle of the field on the, on the out routes. I mean, if you, you throw a lollipop on an out route, it's getting picked off nine times out of 10. So you need to have the velocity there. And the one thing I do think he needs to be a little bit better of, and I was a little bit disappointed because you saw it a lot in practice, but you didn't see it in game is pocket awareness. Um, there was one time where it ended up being incompletion, but it was in the first quarter and the Jets sent a, a either a corner or a safety off a blitz on Trask's blind side, and he did not see him at all. Uh, he didn't feel him or anything. Uh, the guy almost had him wrapped up. Trask was able to get away and just launch the ball, kind of like a Jameis Winston type thing, um, just sort of launch the ball blindly almost. And But he needs to be better at that. Uh, he needs to – I was – like I said, just disappointed he didn't use his legs as much because in the training camp practices that I saw, you were able to see, like, yeah, he's using his legs. He's getting outside the pocket. He's trying to extend plays. You didn't see that as much uh, in these two preseason games. So I was a little bit disappointed to see that. But one thing I will say, and I, I think it, it has to be noted, because we're, we're talking about both sides here. We're talking about the good and the bad. There's a few things. One, they only score 13 points. It's it's at the end of the day, it's 13 points. You you average 13 points a game, you're not going to be a good NFL team. So they only score 13 points. One touchdown, and one of the touchdowns is a great catch by Trey Palmer. An, an okay throw. It was a little bit behind him, but it's it's a fine throw. And the one thing that I would remind people though, before they go saying, Well, why has Mayfield won the job? Trash just did all this. He did a lot of that in the third and fourth quarter when the Jets are playing their third and fourth string players. Half of those guys won't even make the roster. So I would hope that as the game went on and you were still playing, that you would get better. If he didn't, it'd be a cause for concern. So I just I, I think that needs to be mentioned. At the same time, he is a different player. He is a completely different player than they've seen the past two preseasons. And that's much more encouraging because, like you said, if week six, week seven rolls around and Baker Mayfield gets hurt, which Mayfield has had his history of injuries. It's not been a clean bill of health for Baker Mayfield. He has missed time with the shoulder, with a couple other things. And also he has been inconsistent. So week six, week seven, week eight, the Bucks are really struggling, right? The Bucks have only won one or, or two games and they're looking for an answer. I don't think you're sitting there putting Trask and saying, oh boy, well, Go out there and, you know, cross your fingers. I think you can have actual expectations that maybe not a good starter, but like look like a competent NFL quarterback. And honestly, the last two preseasons, you didn't see that as much. I think this preseason and training camp, you have seen that from Trask. And I think that's a pretty big thing. Look, I know. And here's the issue. 
there's a lot of Gator fans that are Bucks fans as well, and that's going to create some bias and stuff. It's not as bad as it was with Jameis Winston because different circumstances, right? Winston, a national champion, was the number one overall pick, was a starter right away, this and that. But people need to understand Trask was oh, he's going to have to be perfect. He was going to have to be just fantastic. No mistakes. And Baker Mayfield would have had to implode like in order for Trask to be this team starter week one in Minnesota. Baker Mayfield, the picks were starting to pile up in training camp, but then he was able to play better. And the picks haven't been as big of an issue in training camp for him so far. So I, I think people sort of need to realize that. Like, they're like, oh, this was never really a competition. Kind, It kind of was, it kind of wasn't. Like, it was a competition. Baker Mayfield did not have a stranglehold on the quarterback one job. But Kyle Trask would have needed to play really, really well. And just, they signed Baker Mayfield for a reason. Like, if if they were going to have Trask go start, they would have signed a guy like Mike White or something for agency. And that would have been that. But they signed a guy like Baker Mayfield. I think we all pretty much expected it when he signed. Like, this guy was going to be the starter. So, really no surprise. But... Kyle Trask, regardless, has shown improvement. So if need be, which history has shown us, there is a chance, a a higher than 20%, 30% chance that we may see Kyle Trask in a regular season. And to me, the preseason has shown like it might not be an absolute dumpster fire if you had to put him in there. Yeah, I mean, there still is a very real world possibility that Baker Mayfield does implode by the end of the regular season. Uh, God forbid it does not happen. It would be interesting to see if this Dave Canales system can improve him. Just, I mean, in every aspect as a quarterback, you know, it's been a pretty rough few last seasons uh, for Baker. Hard to find his footing anywhere, but he's still learning that system too. He's still, he's still learning all the nuances in that system. Both quarterbacks are, you know, everybody is, this is not a finished product for this offense either. Absolutely. So, Let's talk about just some of the potential that Baker can bring to the starting quarterback position because, you know, we may as well have this conversation now. Uh, I think it's probably past the time, like we said earlier, the Bucks announced something like this. So I think moving forward until we hear otherwise, we're just going to operate as if Baker is going to be your official starter week one because he probably will be. Um, but he brings the experience factor. He's a guy that's been there before and he's got all the upside of a former number one overall pick. You know, it, it, everything that we saw him do in college, everything that we saw him do positive with the Browns, even on that playoff run that people like to forget about. He has a lot of good he can bring to the table. And if you have a coaching staff, if you have an offensive coordinator who can reel him in a little bit and just refine his game and clean him up. Not saying he's going to go out there and and produce Tom Brady-like numbers in 2020 or 2021. Not at all. But I think for Baker Mayfield, a best-case scenario, if we got to throw predictions out there, 17 games, and he starts and plays all of them in this offense with a run game that does what we hope it does. We'll talk about that in a second as well. Uh, I don't think it's unrealistic for him to go like, I don't know, 28 touchdowns. 10 interceptions, 11 interceptions, and like a best-case scenario year? Do you feel yeah, like that's I mean, a lot of know, interceptions? Uh, I mean, 
I think you'd be hoping for a Geno Smith type stat right. line. And a lot of people have compared it to that, especially with Dave Canales now on board coming from Seattle. So uh, a lot of people have said, well, if you can have this Geno Smith, like that's going to be like the example for every high draft pick that is getting another shot. Like that's going to be the example. Well, if you can have a Geno Smith type here, if, if this guy can be the next Geno Smith, He's the new like, benchmark. Yeah, like that's going to be like the new thing that we're going to be looking at for the next you know, three, four years every time a, a quarterback gets another shot like that. Um, so do I think he can be good? Yeah, because, I mean, he's shown in the NFL before. He has had good stretches in the NFL. The issue has been consistency with that. And unfortunately, even in the playoff run for Cleveland, there was times where he wasn't that good. Like, And the issue – to me is a lot of the supporting cast around him is there's a lot of questions there. All right. Uh, I'm not going to say it's bad, but there's a lot of questions. And if those questions turn into negatives, right. If a lot of the, like the little of the world and Cody Malk, and if the running game can't improve, I worry about Baker Mayfield having to put the team on his back necessarily, right? Dave Canales spoke on his opening press conference, the quarterback being like a point guard, being like a distributor, a playmaker, not the guy, you know, because they, they don't have the guy. Like Baker Mayfield's not Tom Brady. Kyle Trask is not Tom Brady. And they would tell you that, you know, they would tell you that as quick as, the, as soon as they could, right? They're not that. Like they're not that guy. So they they just need to play good football, and need to do it consistently. And that's been Baker's bugaboo. Uh, turnovers have been an issue, obviously. So, I mean, yeah, if you get that stat line from him, you know, and our season prediction show will be in the next week, two weeks or so. Um, if you get that type of stat line for Baker Mayfield, I mean, I, I think you're pretty pleased with that. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I just, I have my doubts, one, because like I said, history has shown you probably won't start all 17 games via you know injury or poor play or whatever. I have my doubts about that. And I just have my doubts about the consistency over a 17 game stretch. I just I, I I'm not sure about that. So we, we got a comment in chat here from Gaming Reaper, and it's actually an interesting point. And I feel like as time goes on, depending on how the season plays out, this will be brought up more and more. But he says, I feel bad for Kyle Trask because this preseason has proven that they, the Bucks, screwed him on his development. Now, How things, so? can still, things can still change. Things can still change. But if Kyle Trask never plays another down as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer after this preseason, and the Bucks decide to move on, and whether they end up with a top 10 QB next year in the draft, or Baker Mayfield seems to be an option that they can hang on to for multiple years. In the grand scheme of things, the pick, when it was made, and I guess the development, we could call it, of Kyle Trask, putting him in this situation, because even though this was his first legitimate shot at a starting job, it still did not feel like it was entirely fair. So in the grand scheme of things, if Kyle never plays another down as a buck again, do you think this could be looked at as a flop by the Bucks organization? Or is it just terrible timing and like it kind of sucks? Because a lot of people are going to look at a second round pick. They're going to forget that it was pick number 64, uh, essentially a third round. But they're going to look at that second round pick. And they're going to look at Kyle Trask. And they're going to forever associate that with a draft blunder on behalf of Jason Light. And I, I, it, it, it's, it's kind of hard for me 
to rule that definitively one or the other. I feel like it's just a combination of bad timing and like, yeah, maybe they could have got another position, but maybe they didn't want to because you didn't know if you were going to get another year of Tom Brady or not. So it's a very, very, very convoluted conspiracy here. And as time goes on again, time will tell if, if we see Kyle Trask in the regular season, this will be a different conversation. But as of right now, that is the question posed. So like, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like if things go the way that I think they will, this is going to be a conversation people will not let go of. Uh, one thing I will say, uh, regardless, he probably will be on the team next year because he is under contract. So it'd be a cheap backup quarterback at most. So Fair. Uh, Fair. The next year is his <laughs> final year of his contract. But it's an interesting question. And I, I think, honestly, you could make a whole podcast episode about that, right? And that's a really good question. Did the Bucks screw it up? You know, by drafting him, or did they screw it up basically before or after, right? Did they screw up the actual selection of him, that decision process, or did they screw it up after you picked him? He could have been in a better spot. I, I think the answer is a little bit of both. I think it is tough because obviously, you know, you're going in with Tom Brady. Tom Brady doesn't really miss games. I, the first year, I do agree that I, I think. Blaine Gabbert being the guy was probably pretty smart. Um, now, the second year after Brady comes back, which, hey, Brady retired. We all thought it was going to be Blaine Gabbert versus Kyle Trask. Yeah, I mean, he, but, he left us waiting know. in the dark till the 11th hour, so we, we don't even have to include that part of the, uh, the preseason right. expectations for Trask that year. So there was a possibility that Trask could have been their starter last year. Brady comes back. What are you going to do? The one, the, I'm not going to criticize the Bucks on that. The one thing that I would criticize them on, and we've criticized them before in the past with this, is about the development, the handling in the preseason, and not getting him reps when you could have, right? That final Atlanta game. Play Brady for two series, take him out, and then let Trask play the entire game. You know, um, in the preseason, instead of having Trask start in the late third quarter, have him start in the second quarter with some of the other guys. You know, have Gabbard and Trask rotate as the main backup after Brady was done, you know, after a series or two. Have Trask play with some better competition. Uh, I know that a lot of people are going to point to the second round pick thing. Look, there's a lot more quarterbacks that fail, right? Kellen Mond isn't even on the Vikings who drafted him. Just a few picks after Kyle Trask. Davis Mills just got replaced in Houston by C.J. Stroud. Like, you know, it happens. There's a lot of quarterbacks. Geno Smith was a second-round pick. You know, he his career has been bumpy. Like, the best second-round pick quarterback is, pro like, in recent memories, probably Derek Carr. Like, or, or you know, or, or Jalen Hurts. You know, I think those are the two you could probably say. And, honestly, man, they're shots in the dark because – do you know how many quarterbacks have been picking the second round since since then? Like, so, let's, since Carr was drafted in 2014, you know how many quarterbacks were probably picked in the second round? And you only hear about a handful of them. So it, it's worth a shot. I do think that they could have gone a better way about developing Kyle Trask. At the same time, though, I think, and many other draft people, you know, noted that there were limitations with this game. 
Like, can it be as simple as he might not be that talented? Like, can it can it be that simple? You know that that to me, like, and not not saying he's not an NFL quarterback. I think he's an NFL caliber quarterback. But in terms of a guy who you can consistently count on to go out and win you football games, is it just a, a chance that like, you know? Why does anybody have to screw it up? Why does it have to be anybody's fault? Could it just be, hey, like you picked a guy, it didn't work out. You know, it, it's simple. It happens all the time. Um, and I don't think the book on Kyle Trask is completely closed. He's like I just mentioned, and and you even mentioned, like there's a chance we see him in the regular season. Like there is a real chance. So I don't think the book is completely closed on what he is and what he can be. But I do also think there's limitations. So, I I am going to criticize the Bucks a little bit for the handling of his reps at times. At the same time, though, the position they were put in was understandable. You know, you're not going to take away reps from Tom Brady to give him to Kyle Trask when Kyle Trask was never going to play a meaningful snap for you in the regular season. Understandable. And, you know, I I, got to say... Just the timing of it, like you said. I mean, you did a good job of explaining everything. I don't think I need to say very much here. Uh, but just a combination of bad timing and maybe a fumbling of the bag. I think the Bucks had their minds made up on Kyle before he even got a fair shake to show them what they were what they were missing out on. But it's easy for the Bucks to maybe turn their nose up on a guy like Kyle Trask when you do get used to watching Tom Brady. But I don't know who are the Bucks to do that to people. That's not what they did, but. I can see why they may have because it feels that way. It feels like they they kind of wrote him off. But uh, regardless, Baker Mayfield seemingly going to be your QB one week one against Minnesota. What were you saying? But all, we we got to remember they've seen this guy day in and day out. Yeah, you know they, they we haven't seen Kyle Trask play nearly as much as the Bucks have. Right? They've seen him in practice. They've seen him in the meetings. They've seen him in the film room. You know, these guys, these coaches and these front office people know more football than everybody, than me and you and everybody in this chat combined. Like, they just, they know, they know, right? So while they can be wrong, they, they, they certainly can be wrong. They are spending so much time with him. Like, I think they know what they're looking for. And whatever they're looking for, clearly Trask hasn't supplied it yet. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the ruling. I mean, you can't you can't deny it. You can't deny it at this point. So uh it'll be interesting to see what happens the final week of the preseason. Maybe we'll get an official announcement here in the coming days, but uh the time has come for the Bucks to announce Baker Mayfield as the QB one. Um the players have said that we kind of need to know here soon. Uh, I'm sure most of them do at this point, but let's hear it. You know, I, I think Baker is the guy, and uh, so does everyone else. So let's talk about some more action from the game on Saturday night against the Jets. I, I want to touch on some bad, and then we can close out the show with some good. Uh, the run game. We got a question from our good buddy Lee in the chat asking us what we thought about the run game. And uh, I tell you this, Sean Tucker had a great night. Seven carries, 37 yards. He also proved his worth. As a three-down back, getting a couple of catches out of the backfield as well. Three receptions for 18 yards for Sean Tucker, who has been the talk of the town. Patrick Laird, nine carries for 20 yards. Ronnie Brown, at seven carries for 19 yards. Kyle Trask, four carries for seven. Rakeem Jarrett lost three yards on an end around. And uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, what the hell? <laughs> 
four carries for negative eight yards. What's uh what's going on with your boy Sneak Vaughn? Mm, what what's not going on with Sneak? Oh, um, oh man. Yeah, I mean No Chase Edmonds, by the way. Just okay. also want to put that out there. No Chase Edmonds, no Rashad White. Yeah, so I'll tell you, let me say this. You start off by let me say that. Let me say this. If the run game's this bad, the Bucks offense is gonna be in trouble. <laughs> it, it, it is gonna be in, in trouble. Dude, uh, I mean they have 138 rushing yards as yeah. a team in the in two preseason games. With like 10 running backs. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like can it, I didn't think the rushing attack could get worse, and I don't think it's going to be worse. It, it's going to be pretty hard to be worse than it was last year. But, man, oh, man. Like, and and part, you know, we look at Keyshawn Vaughn's stat line. Part of it's not on him. Like, the first play, Kate Otten runs right into him. Like, yeah. basically tackles him. I mean, you know, I, I Nick, Leverick, Nick Leverick gets blown up on yeah. one play. Yeah. It's just, he doesn't have stand a chance. I mean, I and I understand they're still, you know, implementing new offensive scheme and everything, but I, I don't think Tampa Bay fans should be counting on any sort of semblance of a productive run game. Can it be better than last year? Yes, because it's not going to be hard to be better. But as far as like a good run game, I'm not sure you can expect that out of this team. It's just. I don't know if it's the running backs. I don't know if it's the offensive linemen. It might be a combination of both. I just don't know if they have it. It's it 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 is brutal watching this team run the football. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting because again, like you had said, once the attention shifts off of the running backs and the lack of talent in the backfield, people are going to look at the offensive line. And from what we've seen, this preseason offensive line, which is supposed to be three out of five starters. Uh, still kind of up in the air. What's going on with Ryan Jensen? Not any major updates with that as of late. Um, but it does seem like in a lot of areas, it is just like pulling teeth, trying to get this team to run the football effectively. Uh, people are going to point at the blocking and it is what it is. You do have a lot of young guys on that line and, and run blocking in the NFL is a different beast. Uh, for example, an odd stat for you, I don't have the exact percentages, but as far as the win rate goes for Bucks rookie Cody Malk, I think he has like a 70-something percent win rate on passing downs. He, 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 was, only, he was much better. Yeah, only in the 30s or 40s in the run game. But coming out of college, we talked about his physicality in the run game and how he is going to be known as a guy who can who can bring it in the run game and the transition to the NFL is always awkward, and this is the preseason, but for Cody Malk, that has not been the case. I wonder if these people just forget. Like, do they forget how to run block when, when they come to Tampa? Like, like all we hear is, oh, Luke Gettick, he's a, he's a glass eater. He's right. physical. Where was it? <laughs> like, where, where was that last year? Cody Malk, oh, he's, yeah, man, he, he is a Jason Light lineman. He's nasty. He's like Ryan Jensen. Where is it? Like, because it it should show up more in the run game than anything. Like, it is much easier for an offensive lineman to run block than the pass block. Yeah. Like, much easier. Like, and I never played offensive line. I certainly didn't play offensive line in the NFL. That's just just logic. Yeah, it's just logic. Like, it is much easier to run block. And they just, I again, I don't know if it's scheme or whatever, but they just can't do it. 
Like, even in 2020 and 2021, they weren't a good running team. Like, they were better. Like, they were probably, I would say, average or so. But I'm not sure if I would ever say they were good. I would I would say they were, like, like C tier. Like, if D tier yeah. is the worst, they were a high C tier, maybe low B tier in 2020 and 2021 as far as running the football. And you had Ronald Jones. You had Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, had a great playoff run, but even throughout the regular season... He was going to be caught. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, in 2021, he, he wasn't that guy. Like, he, he wasn't... And, and Ronald Jones wasn't great. And just, they haven't had a run game, like a legit good run game in so long. And I'm one of the guys that, like, yeah, I don't believe a huge run game is pivotal to success, but you got to have some sort of run game and they just right now have none of it. So I'm not sounding the alarm per se, but I don't know how much better it's going to get. Like I just, I just don't know. And if they're forcing Baker Mayfield to throw 30 to 40 times a game or contrast, whoever it is, I, they they might be in trouble because you don't you you put the ball in Tom Brady's hands forty times a game. I don't know if you want to put the ball in Baker Mayfield's or Kyle Trask's hands forty times a game. Yeah, I, I mean, I think some of unfortunately, I think some of Tom's worst performances in Tampa happened when he had the ball and threw it over forty times as well. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But for the love of all that is red and pewter that run game has got to happen at some point this year. Uh, High expectations for Rashad White. And, uh, you know, we didn't see Chase Edmonds in that second preseason game, but high expectations for him as well. And even more more so since we didn't even see him, right? We haven't seen Rashad White at all this preseason. Uh, This is a guy entering his second year. And with all due respect to Rashad White, I like him a lot. I'm a fan. But he is pretty confident, which you want your players to be. But, you know, he is confident on social media, tagging fans saying that we're going to do this. We're going to do that this year. And that is fantastic. But in the day and age that we live in, in the day and age of social media, it can and will potentially be used against you. So expectations are high and uh, he's going to have to shoulder the load because it doesn't look like the offensive line is going to do him a ton of favor so far this year from what we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also like, I don't know. I'm, but before we get into like some of the good, before we wrap up and everything, That's it's fine. I want to do a little bit of like a rant. Like I, I just don't understand some of the players not playing. Like what has Rashad white done to not earn not playing? Yeah. You know, like he, to me, he should be getting those reps, like learning behind a new blocking scheme and everything. Tristan Wirfs is playing a different position. Why is he not playing? That's the biggest surprise. I think for me, when we, when we go off of the list of guys who are not playing, I don't think we should be anywhere near confident enough. And I know risking injury, you know, that's going to be the biggest defense yeah, everyone play, has. And I totally get it. Like, I totally get it. But yeah, we are talking about a pretty substantial change. I mean, Tristan worse got sent to therapy over moving to left tackle so I would think he'd want to get some real speed reps sooner rather than later. And yeah, in those joint practices, that's exactly what they're for. But it is much different when, you, when you're out there. And even if it's a drive, even if it's two drives max, uh, I just feel like those are meaningful reps he is missing out on. I can't help but feel like he is coming up shorthanded here. 
Yeah, and and man, to me, he needs to play against Baltimore. Like you cannot throw him out there for the first time at left tackle against Minnesota Vikings. Like you, you can't. Like you, you just you cannot do it. Another guy that I think should be playing, and I'm not sure why he's not, is Joe Tranchewinka. I again. You're trying to get a look at it. This is a pivotal, pivotal year for Joe Tronchuenka. I mean, they have to decide on his fifth-year option after this season. All right? It's after his third year, but he's going to be going into his fourth. You need to decide on the fifth year before the fourth season. So you need to decide whether you're going to pick that up or not. To me, you need him to get those reps. Like, uh, why is Anthony Nelson playing? You know, Saturday against the Jets if Joe Tronchwink is not playing. Anthony Nelson, a guy who's been on this team for longer and just got paid a contract right. that he played well enough to earn, you would think you do have a better idea of what, what he's going to bring to the table, especially yeah, after I just, the I, I, I don't understand why he's sitting. So that's just my little rant. I don't get it, and I would think, you know, with an offensive line that everybody talks about, oh, the shuffling, the shuffling, it's going to be so different. You know when uh, is a good time that you can gel in the preseason, <laughs> and they they have elected to not play Matt Filer or Tristan Wirfs at all. So I I, I don't really un- understand it, uh, especially when you're trying to learn a new offensive scheme. I do get just like you said, I get the the not wanting to risk the injury. I I, I get it, right? And if you want to sit them all out for a game, that's fine. But in certain circumstances, I think there should be certain guys playing, like Rashad White. Rashad White, did, people were acting like he had a thousand yards last year, right? Like he he was he was a decent running back, but I also think it was kind of a change of pace because I think Lennon Fournette made Rashad White look good because everybody was like, "Oh my god!" Like Fournette looks like he's running in cement. Like, and then Rashad White comes <laughs> right. in, and you're like, "Oh, this is a change." Yeah, and and again, like you said, the complimentary piece that was Leonard Fournette obviously comes into play there, but Rashad White did not have a good enough rookie season. Even what he showed did not make me believe that he was going to be a bona fide running back one in the NFL. And for this Bucks offense, this run game to work, he's going to have to be. And we have no idea, no idea. His his good his good that we have seen is great. I think the ceiling on this kid is absolutely great. I think he has the talent. Don't get me wrong. I don't want what we're saying to be misconstrued. But, I mean, the NFL is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. And when we think back to that run game in 2022. It was terrible. It was, he was, it was a part historically of that. bad. It was one of the worst <laughs> in the history of the NFL. So, again, you know, kind of like going back to the ideology it almost seems like a different version of this, but you know, when Bruce Arians got to Tampa in 2019 and they started practicing, he said, you're not allowed to have music at practice until you show me you can have music at practice. And here we are. Now we got guys not even playing at all in the preseason. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Todd Bowles, you know, it's his job on the line at the end of it. He's going to he's going to be the one who gets the blame for whether this works out or not. It's not going to be Dave Canales. It's not going to be Rashad White. It's not going to be Tristan Wirfs or any of the other guys in this offense. It's if the Bucs are a four win uh, team at the end of the year, it's it's going to be Todd Bowles ass. So 
Yeah. Uh, Lee asked, will the Bucks look to pick up a veteran running back when the cut start? I I wouldn't expect it. They they technically already have their veteran uh, in Chase Edmonds. So I would expect the running back room. I would expect them to carry four. I would think it's probably Rashad White, Chase Edmonds, Sean Tucker, and Keyshawn Vaughn probably. Keyshawn Vaughn is the most uh, experienced there on special teams. So I think that's where he'd play mostly. So wouldn't expect them to pick up a veteran running back. Now, that doesn't mean they couldn't pick up a veteran or two at a different spot. But in terms of running backs go, uh, I do not expect them to. And it's actually going to be interesting because this is the first year Cut day is you can you cut all your players on the same day. So after that third preseason game against Baltimore, you can, maybe even that night you could start to hear about cuts and stuff. So it is going to be a flurry of news that the Buccaneers make here. Yeah, well, Todd Bowles has said that everyone will be playing against the we'll Ravens see. in Game Three. So all the guys that we were just whining about, we'll see. We will see. Uh, but South 319 also brings up an interesting point in the chat. Uh, running back by committee. You know, we just spent a lot of time talking about the hype behind Rashad White. But, yeah, you know, do no. the Bucks have a strong enough backfield to potentially just run whatever running back they feel like throwing into the pile at that time? I, I think that's something maybe midseason they would look to if the running game struggles. But I think early on, I think you're going to see a lot of Rashad White. Yeah. There's a reason he's not playing right now. Like, they, they want to keep him fresh. He's the only running back that hasn't played. Let's talk about the receiving room. This is going to be another battle that we have highlighted. Uh, Everyone trying to make this roster, and now with Russell Gage officially being moved to the injured reserve, his season is over, which means there is now another spot in that receiver room. And we look at the performances from Saturday night. Rakeem Jarrett, your leading receiver on the team with a sneaky good performance. Three receptions, 84 yards. In his debut, also. How about that? Trey Palmer, another touchdown catch for another week in a row. Only catch of the night, though, for 33 yards. Tay Barber had a catch for 26 yards. Cade Warner popped back up. One catch for 19 yards. We already talked about Sean Tucker, his three receptions. Dave Moore, two catches and 18 yards. Cade Otten had a couple of catches as well. Devin Tompkins, two catches, 13 yards. So all of these wide receivers, you know, Kalen Geiger also in the conversation. He had a catch. All of these wide receivers, I want to talk about Trey Palmer first and foremost. I mean, the hype that this guy has got right now, let's not forget Rakeem Jarrett. We'll talk about him in a second. But Trey Palmer has been probably the most talked about player on the Bucks for two weeks in a row, aside from Baker Mayfield. You know, this week it may have been Kyle Trask, but I have not seen nearly as many social media posts about Kyle Trask as I have uh, for Trey Palmer, who has gotten a lot of praise from a lot of pretty, what's the word I'm looking for? Qualified people. <laughs> so do you think Trey Palmer can can really do some damage at the wide receiver three spot for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season? We haven't seen him play outside of the preseason, but mm-hmm. uh, he's checking all the boxes for a lot of people. Just saying, you can go back and watch the draft show and you can hear me rave about Trey Palmer. So looks like... Uh, it, I'm very hit or miss when it comes to Bucks wide receivers. They draft all the ones I like, yeah. But I'm I'm very hit or miss. Yeah, Jalen Darden um, was your guy. Just a couple of couple Jalen Darden, Tyler Johnson, yeah, all the guys. Like even Kenny Bell, I liked coming out of Nebraska. I, I like him. Of course, you did. I did. Um, uh, Chris Godwin, obviously the biggest hit there. 
uh, liked Mike Evans, but like I'm, I'm talking more about like the the day two and three guys, right? Like when, when you're talking about round one, like eh, okay, I can talk about them, but like you, you take more pride in the day two and three right, guys, right. liking them more. So, um, yeah, Trey Palmer's been really good. Like you mentioned, it is preseason. Like I understand he's still making the plays, but it is still preseason. It's just it's a different animal. So. I am very curious to see how he performs. I do think even if he's not listed on the depth chart as wide receiver three, maybe that's a guy like David Moore just because of the veteran experience. I still think you're going to see a healthy dose of Trey Palmer this season, and there's a chance he can earn more reps. So he has had two touchdowns in a row, both really impressive catches, uh, and and I'm very curious to see uh, how he performs and now we're with uh, Jarrett back in the fold and doing well. The Bucks have got some decisions to make on their wide receiver room. So now with the Russell Gage injury, that is sort of a uh, an, a door opening for one of those guys, like a Raheem Jarrett or a Devin Tompkins, to where if the Bucks keep six receivers, they can literally just do more Palmer, Jarrett, Tompkins, and then you have Evans and Godwin. There's your six. So I think if they do roll with six, that's likely the six that they do. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, they also had Trey Palmer still uh, doing some special teams work, returning punts, returning kicks. So I don't know if they're going to try that out at all during the season. I, um, I'm i very excited to see Trey Palmer. I'm excited to see because I, I think David Moore and Keem Jarrett are good too. And I think Tompkins is a specialty player. Like I think he's more of a you know a, a niche like right. sort of specialist kind of a guy who you're not going to want to have on the field at all times doing like normal receiver stuff, but like some gadget plays or anything. You like remember that. you remember I John think, Franklin, the experiment, the short lived yeah, like, experiment out of 2019. You know, like I, I think he can be something like that. You know, if you're doing like end arounds or quick screens or anything like that, some things you want to try. I think Devin Tompkins can be useful for that. So. Uh, I'm. I've been talking about the wide receiver depth on this team for a while, and I'm glad that a guy like Raheem Jarrett was able to come in and finally show out. So hopefully he can repeat that performance again. Uh, uh, I don't know, Friday or Saturday? I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, uh, that game's certainly coming up one of those days. It's uh, so, uh, it's August 26th. What's August 26th? August. That's Saturday. That's Saturday. Yep. Right. Yeah. So okay, Saturday. And I know that because August 25th, my dog has a vet appointment. Oh, there you go. So uh, I get to leave work a little early. Nice. Um, so, yes, we, we, we talked about the depth at wide receiver. And I think for Bucks fans, like any excitement with the wide receiver depth as of right now is going to go a long way because of how badly that has been an issue with this team. I mean, when you're filling it out with guys who just have not stepped up, like like the depth in this receiver room has been a disappointment for two seasons in a row. It mm. just has. Even in a year where you win 13 games, it was tainted by what happened at the end of the year when everything fell apart because guys were getting injured. Guys were taking their pads off and leaving in the middle of games. It was it was a tough look. So uh, I think the potential that a preseason like Trey Palmer is having is going to get a ton of people excited because even in this short time in the preseason, I mean, Russell Gage had a couple touchdowns, but... Maybe it's just because we haven't had football in so long. Maybe it's recency bias here, but I think the most hype Russell Gage ever had in Tampa was like the week that we signed him. 
And, and then after that, you know, it was an injury every other week and not a lot of people had a lot of good things to say about him. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to see a lot of Trey Palmer this upcoming season. I get the feeling. Uh, so hopefully he can play up to expectations because, again, he is having one hell of a preseason. And I think he's doing everything right. I, I think the uh, the no name, no face approach is doing him a lot of favors uh, in the eyes of potential critics. I still don't know how they like. I don't know how he's drafting the sixth round. Like, I, I don't know. I even I said that on draft day. Like, I, I don't know how he was drafted in the sixth round. I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. This guy should have been at the latest. Latest, probably a late fourth. I, I think at the very latest. I would have considered him in the late third. Like, I, I would have considered him, if I had a late third, early fourth round pick, I'd be considering him. I have no idea how he drafted, how he lasted the sixth round. I really don't. So, the Bucks have an opportunity, though, and, like, Marquise Watts, the edge rusher, too, uh, drive the fridge, has been awesome. Hopefully, they can keep him. But, like, if you, so you keep him, and I saw a tweet on this. That's why I want to mention it before before we, we you know, wrap up. Sean Tucker, undrafted free agent. Rakeem Jarrett, undrafted free agent. Marquise Watts, undrafted free agent. Trey Palmer, six-round pick. All could potentially be playing. Marquise Watts, maybe not as big of a role because, you know, you have Shaq Barrett or Sean Schwenka, Anthony Nelson, Yaya Diaby, stuff like that. But all four of those guys could play a role for you on this team in 2023 and like not like a minor role like Trey Palmer might be the wide receiver three yeah. so I'm talking to people who are saying in the chat that this guy's going to be the starting running back towards the end of the season you know that was a six round pick and an undrafted free agent that's major so it's, it's a great job by the Bucs scouts now it is still preseason you know if these guys go out and do nothing in the regular season by week three of the regular season if Trey Palmer has one catch for five yards and he's doing nothing. People aren't going to remember his preseason. Eddie Nash already said he's going to come back and clown you about uh, Trey Palmer. If he's, you know, sucks this year. That's fine. So You've already got one person waiting to do that to you. That, 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 that's, that, that, that's fine. I'll I'll take it. I, I, well, no expense should still be on this football team. too. Oh man. No expense. Kendall Beckwith. No, but Beckwith, that was unfortunate. Oh, he just had the injury. It, but Beckwith, yeah, it was, Beckwith it was unfortunate, and I think if it could have been prevented, obviously we yeah, all would just, love for it to be prevented, but I'm just talking yeah, about sucked. untapped potential. Yeah, I mean, of, but no, 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 expense, no expense. He can give you what Joe Trunch wouldn't give you. He, he can give you that. When is the last <laughs> time, since you are, since you are the, the number one Noah Spence fan that I know, you were the biggest mm-hmm. Noah Spence fan that I know. What was the last time he was on an NFL roster? I thought it was like 2019. I, th- I think it was tw- either 2020 or 2021. He was with the Bengals. Hasn't been yeah. doing anything recently, huh? No, I mean, if he wants to come on the pod, he can. <laughs> Maybe he that, can that, that's f- That'd be the best day of my life. Yeah? That, that, that would be... I mean, it, yeah, the, the, the last thing is listed is Cincinnati Bengals in 2021. Hmm. Well, uh, you know, I know we're joking, but I'm kind of not joking. If he's not busy, if he's not maybe. busy, he is. He is also a Philly guy too. So I, oh, I, didn't, wow. I took that. You guys can account. bond. You guys are going to be best friends before the end of the year. I, I know. All right. So speaking of injured linebackers, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on KJ Britt. I saw that he went down in that game, and you know that's going to be an important depth piece at some point for the Bucks. I think he's proven to be. Uh, worth his value as a backup linebacker and a guy who could potentially end up playing better as his career goes on. 
Uh, but he left that game against the Jets. I don't think he came back in. Have we heard anything about what's going on with him? Uh, I haven't heard anything. Uh, I'm not sure. We'll have to keep an eye on things. Uh, uh, Servosia Dennis also missed the game, too. So that'd be the inside linebacker death being a little bit thin if KJ Britt can't go and Dennis is still dealing with whatever you know he's got going on. So hopefully... Um, you know, Dennis is able to come back because he needs the reps too. Like he definitely needs the reps. So hopefully he's able to come back. And Yaya Diaby, who also didn't play. So hopefully he's able to come back too. Was there anyone else on the defense from that Jets game? We can keep it brief here, but did anyone else catch your eye? I know we've talked before about that, uh, you know, that nickel cornerback job that is going to be up for grabs. It'll be an interesting final week of the preseason for that as well. But did you see anyone? Um, Yeah, I mean... Zion McCollum, I thought, played better. I thought the whole secondary played better. Uh, D. Delaney obviously had one interception, almost had two, was called back. Um, he, he played well. I thought the defense as a whole just you know played pretty well. I didn't, I didn't really think uh, they like especially the secondary. Uh, the yeah. secondary, I thought, played much better uh, than they did against Pittsburgh. So uh, it was a good bounce back for him. And yeah, we'll just have to to wait and see about you know, how this team goes about depth. Uh, Christian Isian didn't play. Um, he's obviously the, the front runner, as Todd Bull said, for the nickel job. I don't know, you know, why he didn't play. I'm not sure if he was banged up a little bit or the Bucks held him out. If they held him out, I mean, that's a pretty clear indication that he's the definitely the front runner. But uh, if he's banged up, we'll have to see if he can play uh, on Saturday. So um, I just thought, you know, the entire defense, I thought, just played better. I mean, it was just a, a better showing. Um, by this defense, and hopefully they can keep it going because the Bucks are going to be asking a lot of younger players to step up in certain situations. So um, the the entire season, like it's and injuries are going to happen. Like the Bucks, you know, there's going to be times where a young player is going to have to replace a starter because that starter is missing that week. So uh, we'll see what happens. And I am uh, still curious to see. I don't know if the nickel battle is completely done. Like I, I, I don't. So. I still think it's a possibility that another guy can step up, especially, like I said, the secondary played better. So oh, one th- more thing I did want to note before we wrap up and head out, this kicking battle is over. Um, it, it, to me, everybody's like, oh, the kicking competition. It wasn't really a competition. I mean, they had McLaughlin. They signed him in free agency, like the first week of free agency. And then they signed with Jake Verity from the XFL or USFL, right. and then they cut him, and then they signed Rodrigo Blankenship like right at the start of camp or the start of OTAs. Like, was it really a competition or was it just another leg? Like, I, you know, but anyways, Rodrigo Blankenship missed a 55-yarder, uh, which is a tough kick, especially a guy who isn't known for a strong leg. But Ryan Suckup didn't have a strong leg either, so that's something the Buccaneers are looking to improve upon. And then he also, and then I think this is the nail in the coffin, uh, he missed, I think it was either a 32 or 35-yarder, went right off the goalpost. So, and, and Chase McLaughlin made, I believe, his extra point and field goal. Probably going to be it. So I would guess Blankenship could go on the practice squad. Wouldn't shock me if they try to keep him on there just in case something happens with, with, with McLaughlin. But I the, the kicking battle battle, you know, it is over. Um, so I would expect Chase McLaughlin to be your kicker. And uh one more special teams point, just to end on a good note. I, I guess we can get ready for 
another season of Jake Camarda being the best punter in the NFL? Maybe. I mean, he had that one shank on, on Saturday, but uh, yeah, hopefully you don't have to, hopefully you don't have to see him punt much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, hopefully we can keep his workload somewhat low. He, uh, man. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Okay. Well, <laughs> all things are good in moderation. Jake Camarda is one of them, but ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon fire podcast. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us live on YouTube. No calls today, but that's all right. Uh, if we ever do have the phone on, you will see the number on the screen, 305-224-1968. And then whatever the meeting ID is for that week, we'll be sure to cover it. Uh, but thank you again for listening. Find the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast, best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. Anything this week? Uh, I'm going to have the, the stock report uh, for the last game on Saturday. So, And then also before the next game on Saturday, I also have the players to watch. So uh, keep an eye on that. Love it. We will talk to you guys later this week with the game preview for game three of the preseason against the Baltimore Ravens. Bucks will be back home in Tampa Bay with just one preseason contest left before it is officially time for the NFL regular season to begin. Oh, buddy. What are we, 20 days, 19 days away oh, from almost the there. kickoff? I'm pumped. Almost. I'm pumped. I'm your host, Rep Matthew. Last but not least, find myself on Instagram, threads, and Twitter. Uh, at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Thanks again for any new listeners on the show. I know that we are gearing up for a new season, uh, which means there are potentially new listeners looking for new Bucks content. And if we have been that for you so far and you have chosen to stuck around, uh, we do appreciate you guys as well. We'll talk to you later this week. Hopefully by then we'll get an update. <laughs> Sorry, fumbled out for a minute. Uh, hopefully by then we'll get an update on the quarterback battle and everything else that we had talked about on the show today. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.